Thank you so much, Lloyd. It's great to hear <clears throat> to hear the different ways in which uh, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is guiding us and through life. Well, um, I want to come back now to uh, Becky's reading to us the gospel for today. And I loved the way uh, that Becky ended her reading with a, um, a photo of the Church of the Good Shepherd uh, by Lake Tekapo in the Mackenzie country. And um, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, Mackenzie, who's there on the left, and uh, James Mackenzie, we think possibly, um, who's become perhaps one of this country's most enduring folk heroes. And we think he was born in Scotland about 1820. And uh, we know he spoke Gaelic fluently, but he spoke, his English was very poor, and especially when under pressure, and he quite often found himself um, under pressure. Uh, he immigrated from Scotland to Australia about 1849, and then moved on to Aotearoa, and disembarked in Nelson, and then worked his way uh, through Canterbury down to Otago, working as a drover. But in 1855, uh, Mackenzie was discovered with 1,000 sheep uh, that came from Robert and George Rhodes Level Station, which was north of Timaru. And the station overseer, uh, John Sidebottom, and two uh, Maori shepherds had tracked these missing sheep to an inland pass, which was in the basin of the upper Waitaki River, uh, where they um, captured a Mackenzie. And Mackenzie denied the theft. He said actually he'd been hired uh, to drive the sheep to Otago, but it was a bit of an interesting way to go. Um, he then escaped and either walked the 100 miles to Littleton or perhaps he stole a horse and rode there. And there he was arrested, found guilty by a Littleton Supreme Court jury and sentenced to five years hard labour on the roads. Uh, but unable to tolerate being in prison, he escaped um, at least twice. After this, he was placed in irons and carefully watched. But later on that year, it became um, found, it was found that the police inquiry and the trial had actually both been seriously flawed. And Mackenzie was granted a pardon. And uh, promptly, well, he sort of disappears out of sight. And we think probably he scarpered off back to Australia. And, but in the meantime, of course, the significance of the past and of the pastoral country that it led to were quickly appreciated as uh, Maori had always known. And of course, uh, now it's become to be known as the Mackenzie country to this day. Uh, and Mackenzie's exploits won him the admiration, we might say, of the uh, those perhaps on the margins of society or of those who would have quite liked to have a bit of land and uh, stock of their own. And that um, and his pardon uh, won him popular sympathy uh, in a society which was still a little bit ad hoc. And legends arose about Mackenzie's supposed superhuman strength and the feats of his fabulous dog, his uh, called Friday, and his extraordinary ability as a shepherd and as a drover and perhaps as a thief. And uh, his, shall we say, resourcefulness and boldness. And there on the left, you can see a statue at Fairley of Mackenzie and his dog. But uh, on the right, you can see the Church of the Good Shepherd there uh, at Lake Tekapo, part of our diocese. 
and then below it, the sheep statue, uh, the sheep dog statue, a tribute to all working dogs uh, just near the church. And probably a few of us have uh, given him a pat uh, in passing when we were there. But let's um, go on on the next slide to Jesus' context in Palestine. And I don't recall uh, seeing any sheep dogs there at all. Um, rather, there were, uh, as on the screen there, young Bedouin boys and girls um, out there with pretty small flocks, really, um, but for, for what to us seemed quite small flocks. Um, a few of them had the traditional uh, headscarf or kafir, as you can see on the left, uh, but most of them had sort of baseball caps, and um, I didn't see too many sort of romantic shepherd flutes. It was more like um, uh, plenty of phones were in evidence as well. And looking at the sheep, um, I can see um, Lester will be casting a bit of an eye over those sheep, uh, but to us perhaps they look more like a cross between a sheep and a goat, and perhaps we can see why uh, Jesus told his parable of actually it's not that easy, not that simple uh, to differentiate between the sheep and the goats. And then going on uh, to the next one, I hope you can see on the next slide some uh, shepherd, some sheepfolds. And this is in the area um, called the Shepherd's Fields, which is um, near, very near Bethlehem, just on the edge of Bethlehem. And uh, there we came across these sheepfolds, uh, some uh, very much like um, the one Christine made there with the, the local stones, uh, but also, as you can see on the right-hand side, some which were really um, carved out of the local caves. It's very much an area of those uh, caves. And we went in down, as you can see down the steps and into one of those uh, sheepfold caves. And I can tell you that in the heat of the day, it was actually <clears throat> deliciously cool to go down uh, into that cave. And you can see, just as Christine said, that those folds um, just have an open entrance, uh, really. And so you can see um, on the next slide that uh, this is where we get this wonderful image which Jesus developed in our gospel reading of Jesus, the good shepherd who cares so much for the sheep, uh, who doesn't come like the sheep wrestler who shoots over the side of the wall, uh, who grabs what he can from the flock uh, for meat or to on sale. No, rather Jesus is the one who knows the sheep and they know him, who knows those sheep by name, each one of the flock, and who's willing to put his life at risk at night to defend the flock and places himself in that gateway at night to protect the sheep, to be the one who is literally uh, the gate for the sheep. And Jesus, of course, then makes another, <clears throat> another of his great I am statements. I am the gate for the sheep. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. And for us, just as Christine made that lovely gate with the cross in the middle of it, for us, as we see on this side of Easter and of this side of the cross, we know that Jesus physically became that gate for us. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And I love the way that the cross, which was the tree of shame, 
becomes for us the gate of glory, the gate of access into God's presence. And so we become part of God's flock, of God's new creation community. And what are we promised? Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. We receive from the Good Shepherd and from the under shepherds of the church, those of us called to pastoral ministries, as we call it. And I love the um, pastoral care that's going on amidst our community at this time, all those uh, phone calls and keeping in touch. And so we receive the care and the nurturing and the sustaining which enables us to grow through life. And not just any life, Jesus promises, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now that doesn't mean that there won't be tough times and challenging times, <clears throat> just as we're going through now. And also just ordinary times. Life is not always froth and bubble, uh, perhaps especially in our bubbles. But what we can know is that we belong to Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and he loves and knows each of us by name. He calls us to follow him and to be part of an ever-expanding flock. Jesus goes on to say that he has other sheep that he wants to add to the flock, and so it's an ever-expanding sheepfold too. And he promises, just as in the beautiful Psalm 23, that he will lead us safely home. So just on to our final uh, slide there now, uh, on to the next one. There's the shepherd. I know my sheep and mine know me. And then a quote to end with. The good shepherd calls us by name and leads us out into larger life. Though we are like lost sheep, he finds us and saves us from the thieves of our humanity. And I wonder if that might be an image that you might like to reflect on. What things are the thieves of our humanity? Things that can prevent us from living a larger life. Maybe we've discovered what a few of those thieves of our humanity might have been in recent weeks, as perhaps we've learned to go without some of them. Well, the Good Shepherd with rod and staff leads us to the green pastures of larger life, abundant life, resurrection life. May we recommit ourselves today to listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd in our ear, calling us and saying, yes, Lord, I will follow you and I will trust you to lead me home. Amen.